Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Here we are, going to just speak to you for a few moments. Uh, last message of 2018. It's been quite a year. Quite a year. I think for me, um, it's been a really unusual mixture of incredible blessing and incredible challenge. Um, I, can, I, I can think about certain things that happened through the year which have been absolutely phenomenal. But I, there's been other things that have been really difficult uh, and very challenging. Uh, and maybe that's just life. Maybe that's just life. But it's been a great year. 2018 has been a great year. And, uh, you know, uh, just excited to see what God has done. I mean, we're here. This time last year we weren't here and now we're here. And, uh, and it's just a next step towards where God is taking us. Message uh, I'm going to speak to today is called Waiting for God. Waiting for God. And there's a scripture in Genesis 18 where the Bible says that the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. And Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sears of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Amen. We leave it there. Just, uh, I find it interesting. This is no relevance really to what I'm going to talk about. But three seers of flour is about two and a half stone of flour, about 16 kilograms. I just think that sometimes you can miss those things. 
That's a lot of flour. That's a lot of bread, Naomi. It's about 30 loaves of bread. I, you know, they, they weren't messing. And then, and then it got me thinking, they brought a calf. Not a joint of meat. I mean, they hadn't, didn't have a crowd turn up. It was only three guys, but they, they brought out 30 loaves of bread and a calf. I don't know, it makes me feel better about my Christmas dinner anyway. He said, um, he said about this time, obviously, this is the Lord speaking. Your wife will have a son. And if you're new to the Bible or not really familiar with this story, um, you might not be fully aware that this had been the dream. I mean, they had carried this dream for about 30 years. And I think that we do ourselves no favours sometimes in the way the gospel or the way the truths of the Bible are communicated. Um, because as I say so often, you know, I mean, we have here a bit of, uh, a bit of haze and a bit of lights and we have a screen, but it really isn't about that. That's just a modern way of communicating an ancient truth. And God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And there are just some things that you're never gonna get around. And don't get me wrong, I get it because, you know, you're trying to say things in a new way, a fresh way, but I think that we've got to be careful in our desire to say things in a new and fresh way that we don't mislead people because there is a pattern to the life of faith. And, and the, the pattern to the life of faith is that there is, there is a sequence generally of a promise. God gives you a promise. There is excitement. And then the bit that doesn't often get written into the story from our point of view is the waiting. The, the, the doubting and the testing. There is, there is what some might call the crisis of faith. You, you have your promise, God speaks to you, but then there is a crisis of faith because things have not worked out in the way I thought they were going to work out. And just because things haven't worked out in the way I thought they were going to work out, it doesn't mean they're not going to work out. It just means that I thought it was going to work out in a different way. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, we, 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 hear, we hear God speak and then we place our interpretation on what that is going to look like. And, and in the doubting and the testing, in the crisis of faith, we learn not to doubt in the dark what God said to us in the light. And, and I say learn because there is a process of, of, of learning. And then, of course, God comes through with reinforcement of the promise and the eventual fulfillment. One of my favourite characters in the Bible, and I've preached about many, many times over the years, is, is Joseph. If, if you're not used to going to church, you may know the musical of Joseph and the 
Technicolor Dreamcoat. But that story is a very, very powerful story. It's a true story uh, where God spoke to a young man. God spoke to, to Joseph as a 17-year-old boy and, 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 and gave him some insight in regard to what his future might look like. It's a, it's a great thing. If, if ever you have heard God drop something into your spirit or speak to you, it is a precious thing. It is a wonderful thing. It, it, it causes the heart to beat faster. It, it causes you to be excited. It, it, it brings a whole new perspective to your life. But, and, and, and God spoke about the promise, but He didn't speak about the fact that Joseph would be rejected by his family. He would be thrown into a pit. He would be sold into slavery. He would get lied about and imprisoned for a crime he did not commit. And then without any apology, he was released. There was the fulfillment of the promise. And, and there we see that there is a man who hears something from God, um, but, but between the promise and the fulfillment, there were real years, not pretend years. Just because we can quite quickly get to the end of the story by reading it. We can forget that there are actual real years. Some commentators think that he may, he may have spent even as long as up to 10 years in prison. It was, it was a long time. And, and when you are experiencing, even if it was only half that, when, you, when you're experiencing that and it is so far away from the things that you felt God say to you, there's lots of opportunity to doubt. There's lots of opportunity to think, I got it wrong. I must be crazy. Um, but we need to understand that, that this is part of the process of becoming men and women of faith. And yet these days we live in a culture where everything seems to work against that. We, we, don't, we don't understand much or know much about having to endure. You know, that we... We maybe get frustrated by the fact that we have to endure some adverts before the YouTube clip plays. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, just waiting for that moment where you can press skip, you know? Except the, 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 those, now, those adverts now where you can't even press skip, they force you to watch it to the end. It's very frustrating. But, you know, instant gratification and impatience are hallmarks, hallmarks of our society. We, we want things to be quicker and quicker. Um, we're promised instant success, instant weight loss, three easy steps to achieve almost anything. And, you know, I want to say, I know it might sell magazines and it might look good. It, it really, life isn't like that. There, there are very rarely three easy steps. 
Maybe to boil in an egg. I mean, maybe there are three easy steps to boiling an egg, but that even it's not easy to boil an egg right. But anyway, we won't get into that. Um, so if we're living in a kind of culture where everything needs to happen, we, we need to be on it. We need to be on it. It's got to be quick. It's got to happen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That can fly in the face of a work that God is seeking to do in us. We want to do things quicker. I mean, often, you know, I use the, the, the concept, I will in a moment as well, about, you know, maybe going to the, the gym. This is the time of year when people sign up for the gym. So it's a, a good time to, to use this as an illustration. Although I would remind you that having a gym membership is not the same as going to the gym. You actually have to go um, for it to work. But, you know, it's like the, the, these days... It's how can I how can I get that body quickly? How can I get that body without the work? How, you know what pills can I take? What what can I do to take the shortcut to that? And and there are just some things on life there are no shortcuts for. And particularly when it comes to the things of God, some things just take time. Why? Why does God make us wait? I don't know about you. I mean, maybe you're just more holy than me. It's like, well, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna make me wait that long, why, why don't tell me just before it's gonna happen? You know, why tell me now and then make me wait for years? You know, why just tell me? Just tell me when it's gonna about, about to happen. But of course, if if God, if God is making us wait, it's because there is a purpose in the waiting. I mean, first and foremostly, I love the fact that in the scripture we've just read, there is an appointed time. I will return to you next year at the appointed time. And in the dealings of God, there is an appointed time. The promises, the, the great things that we are believing for. And if you come to this church, you're always going to be encouraged to believe for great things, to believe that God is going to do something great with your life, with your family's life. But there is an appointed time. And trust me in this, if I can save you a bit of pain, a bit of anguish, a bit of work, because I have worked really hard at trying to get around God's appointed time, it does not work. If it did work for you, come and tell me. But I, I have not found a way around God's appointed time. If God has said that is the appointed time, then that is it. I've mentioned a couple of times over the last weeks about the weight of the weight. The weight, W-R-E-I-G-H-T, of the weight, W-A-I-T. The weight of the weight. God, God gets us to carry a weight. Because with that, He will build something into us. <laughs> Carrying the weight reveals how strong you are. Play on words there. Carrying the weight reveals how strong you are. Carrying the weight reveals the strength of your faith. There's nothing like waiting to expose the frustration that you're carrying. You know, it's, it's, it's like 
everything, everything is cool when everything's happening just when we want it to happen. Everything's falling into place. When things just don't quite go as we anticipated they were going to go, then all kinds of things start coming to the surface. You know, if, if, if you've got impatience in you, if you've got anger in you, there's nothing like waiting to expose some of that. In fact, in the wait, we discover, uh, the, I, I, well, let's, let's say it this way. The wait exposes either how close I am to God or how far I am from Him. And God, God will sometimes allow us to wait, maybe often allow us to wait, because He wants to introduce us to ourselves. He wants to show us, He wants to show us some of the things that need to change so that we don't wreck our own destiny because we're not able to carry what He gives us. God wants us to wait so that we build the muscle in order to carry what He wants us to carry. Everything we heard about Joseph there was preparing him for the great task that he was going to have in ruling a nation. I actually believe this is a personal belief. He interpreted the dream of the cupbearer and the baker. And, and then he said to the cupbearer, um, don't forget me when you come before or remember me when you come before Pharaoh. And the cupbearer forgot. I mean, how you forget that, I don't know, because the baker, the baker was executed according to the, the prophetic dream. And the I'm, to be honest, I'm talking about that for days. I mean, you know, if I'm Mark Ritchie, I'm dining out on that for months. You know what I mean? It is a, that is a, but he forgot. He forgot. And, and, and again, because there's an appointed time. I, my personal belief is that it was in that two years that God dealt with his heart because it, he was in that prison ultimately because of what his brothers had done to him. And he was going to be given power, immeasurable power. And he would have had the power to kill his brothers because God knew he was, they were going to come. God had to deal with his heart so that he would forgive his brothers. Because if he had have killed his brothers, he would have wiped out what was going to be the nation of Israel. So I believe that it was in that waiting period that God dealt with the pain of Joseph's heart so that when his brothers turned up, he would deal with them mercifully rather than, as he could have done, kill, killing them. The weight proves what God has put in you. Now, I'm fully aware, even as I talk to you, and I'm talking about waiting, I'm talking to you as a man who hates waiting. You know, I, I, it's not like I've got this nailed and I'm coming to speak to you out of a wealth of experience. I, I can speak to you out of a wealth of experience of how God has made me wait. You know, it's like those prayers, Lord, you know, give me patience now. It's like when God is going to give you patience, he, 
He gives you opportunities to be patient. So you can learn to be patient. And I've had, to, I've had loads of opportunities to learn to be patient. But, but God, God, God uses the weight to, to, to draw you closer to Him. Some of us, when we're waiting, we're focused on the thing we're going to get or the place we're going to get to. And we think that that is God's primary objective too because He told us about it. But God's primary objective is relationship. God, God knows the end of the story. He knows where you're going. He knows what He's going to do for you. But we get so focused on the results to God when, when you're trusting Him, when you're in relationship with Him along the way, that is the result. That is the result. We've, we've, we, we, we've sung it, when I, when I can't see you, when I can't feel you, I still trust you. That, that is worship that weighs heavy on the scales of God. Anyone can celebrate when we're having a good time. Anyone can celebrate when the bills are paid and this food's in the cupboard and we're healthy and we're strong. Anyone can worship then. But when we come and, and, and the bills aren't paid and we're not sure how we're going to make it through the month and, 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 and we're battling some sickness in our body and, and yet we still then find a place of worship, a, a place of trust, then that weighs heavy on the scales of God. The weight proves what God has put in you. This is explained in, in, in Psalm 105, it says, uh, Psalm, Psalm 105, reading verse, verse 17, he said, he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. Till the word of the Lord proved him true. The word God had given him. God gives you a word. He gives you a prophetic message. He gives you that scripture. He gives you that prophetic word. He gives you that dream. He gives that to you because that is the thing that is gonna, that is him blessing you, helping you to see you through the tough times of preparation. That's coming. The good things are coming. The breakthrough is coming. But God is building something into you in the meantime. The Word of the Lord, the Word of the Lord proved Him true. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. That word, be strong, take Take heart means be encouraged in your inner man. That, that word wait is, is even a particular way of waiting because there is a way of waiting. There's, 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 there's a way of waiting which is probably more like my natural way of waiting which is... Oh God, what's this going to take? 
Oh my gosh. You're all sitting there looking at me like you're so holy, like you know. Yeah. Oh, I used to be like that, Pastor, until Jesus touched my heart. All right then. Jesus is still working on me. But like, I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, like, so when, when you read that word waiting, it's not talking like this. This is, this, the word, this word wait here is an expectant wait. It's a bit like a stand on the tiptoe wait. It's carrying a sense of anticipation. This is gonna happen. I, I know I'm not seeing it right now, but it's gonna happen. It's that, it's that kind of wait. And God wants us to wait. Those who wait upon the Lord. When we wait, we wait with an attitude. Not a, not a sense of frustration, but a wait that God is gonna come through. Be strong. We have to be strong. When we're waiting, we have to be strong. If you've been believing for some stuff for a long time, if you've been believing for that son, for that daughter, for that husband, for that wife, for that money, for that breakthrough, for that situation to happen, if you've been waiting, then, then you know. You know you have to be strong. You have to encourage yourself. But we've got to remember, it's not just that you wait, but how you wait. It's an expectant wait. And so returning to our original story, I want to remind you of how Sarah heard what the Lord said and she stood in the entrance of her tent and she laughed. And that laugh gives us an insight into her humanity. Don't you love the fact? I love it. God doesn't tipex these things out of the Bible. Over and over again, we have recorded people's very human moments. You know, um, this was a very human moment. Why? Because it exposes her real battle with unbelief. And give her a break. Give her a break, of course. Of course it was tough to believe. When you've carried a promise for 30 years, when you've tried and believed and believed and held on and confessed and prayed and believed and confessed and held on and still nothing, and now you look in the mirror and you see this worn out, used up. In fact, that's what... That's what that word means. I am, when she says I am worn out, it actually means used up. I'm used up. And my husband is old. I mean, really? We've believed for a long time. We held on for a long time. The battle of unbelief, the battle of worn out faith the natural obstacles that are in the way. What I love though is that when it comes to God, it turns out that age is only a number. Age is just a number. And I say that really, I trust prophetically for someone 
in the room today. Age is just a number. Don't let somebody or society say, well, you're too old for that now. Don't, don't, don't allow even you to say, oh, well, I'm past that now. It's over for me. Maybe when I was younger, I always felt like I would do it when I was younger. I always felt that God was gonna do this. But God shows us through Sarah that age is just a number. And he meets Sarah at a place where she had been believing and trusting for a long time. And, and, and I just believe that there are some people in the room who, who have been believing and trusting for some stuff for a long time. You pray those prayers and you pray them out of habit, but, but some of the passion has gone out of it because your faith has become a little ragged and a little worn out because you trusted and prayed and believed for a long time. And I, what I love about this is another many preachers give Sarah a hard time because actually that laugh is, is a very negative laugh. It's not a laugh of humor. It's a very mocking laugh. And, and I've heard preachers emphasize that over and over. But, but what I love about this is the humanity of it and that God gets it. That's what I love. God isn't touching and shaking his head and rolling his eyes. He gets it and he turns up. God turns up uninvited to stir the fires of faith. To stir the fires of faith, to stir the belief that this is possible. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old. And, 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 this, and the Lord says, is anything too hard for the Lord? The word of the Lord came to her just when she needed it. Just when she needed it. Is anything too, the hard, too hard for the Lord? I, and, and so after emphasizing to us that we have to wait, I want to say no one waits forever. No one waits forever. If God said it, if God promised it, it will come to pass. But we have to encourage ourselves in God. We have to encourage one another, we have to keep trusting and we have to keep believing because remember, it's not just that we wait, it's how we wait. And I don't believe that we're called to wait in our own strength. I believe God gives us His Spirit to help us to, to wait for what God has promised. I don't know that I don't know that, that, that Joseph could have got through his circumstances on his own. I don't know that, that anyone can survive that kind of uh, abuse by people being thrown into a prison for a crime that he didn't have. It, it was, he, he, he kept his mind. We know he got out of prison because we know the end of the story. But when he was in prison, he didn't know. He didn't know he was going to get out. And, and even then, if there was any doubt, when he said to the cupbearer, remember me, when you come before Pharaoh, there would have been those few days where he was expecting someone to come because it was a big deal. It was perfectly reasonable for him to expect somebody to come and then there would come that moment, that day, 
when he would have thought to himself, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. And it's that, when you have that kind of moment of despair, that kind of moment of throwing in the towel, like it's not, it, it can't happen. You, it, that, that moment will either throw you onto God or it will kill you. But we see that Joseph continued to thrive. Even, even in, in those circumstances. And, 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 oh my gosh. Attitude is everything. Do, do we not see it? The only reason he got to speak to the cupbearer and the baker was because he had a servant heart. The only reason he had his opportunity to even speak to the cupbearer was that he was able, he had access to the other prisoners because of the role of serving that he had carved out for himself. He didn't just sit there. He didn't just, he didn't just give up and throw in the towel. He made a decision even in his situation of hopelessness. Even though he didn't know the end of the story per se, even though he didn't know how it was all going to end, he still served and that positioned him for his breakthrough. God always delivers what he has promised. And as we come to the end of, a, of another year, I feel just simply commissioned by the Spirit of God to come to you today to stir up the fires of faith. I feel to come and encourage you in regard to some of the things that you've been carrying, some of the things that you've been believing for, some things that you are holding on for that, that, that maybe have become a little tired, a little afraid, a little worn out with the passing of time. And the, and, and, and the, thing, that, the thing that got me, and, and, and everything has been really built around this phrase, was this time next year. By this time next year. What is it, what is it that you can be believing for? That by this time next year, you'll have your breakthrough by this time next year. I believe that God wants to stir the fires of faith. And I believe because the context of this is promises that have been held on to for a long time. There are some people in the room that I wanna encourage, you've believed for a long time. You've held on and you've prayed and you've believed and, 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 and it's almost that you've, or maybe not almost, maybe you actually have got to the point of it seeming impossible, like it can't happen. How could this happen now? Really? Now? <laughs> you must be joking. Uh, you know, like I could have believed for it at one time, but now. And it was that kind of situation that the Spirit of God was speaking into. And He said, by this time next year, it's like it's impossible with you. You can't make this happen. You can't make this happen. But by this time next year, that which you have believed for, that which you've held on for, that which you've trusted for, that which your faith has got ragged and worn out for, that thing, by this time next year, 
about this time next year, it will be yours. Genesis 21 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as He had said, and, and the Lord did for Sarah what He had promised. My God, the Lord did for Sarah what He had promised. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time, my God, at the very time God had promised him. And Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham, that Sarah would nurse children. Yet, I have borne him a son in his old age. Sarah laughed again, but with a different laugh this time. This was a laugh of the fulfilment of a promise. It was a laughter of joy. God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Let's believe for some of those kind of promises. Let's believe for some of those kind of breakthroughs. That which was impossible with man is possible with God. Let's believe, let's dare to believe a great big God for some great big things. Maybe some of us are not seeing some answers to our prayer prayers because we're just believing too small. It's too doable. It's too easy. But, but God is, when, 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 we, when we see something like this, God turns up and does something incredible. About this time next year, and this was the thing that got me. This was the thing that got me. It's, it was about this time next year, the baby would be born. So that means it takes about nine months of pregnancy. See, I Googled that, so I know about that. What I'm saying is that we talk about it being this time next year, but there was a shift that had to take place before then. There was a shift that had to take place. There was evidence of a shift. There was evidence of a change before the end of the year. There was, there, was, there was joy in the household way before the baby was born. There was already signs of breakthrough. I wanna speak out and confess over us that over the even before this time next year, there's gonna be signs of breakthrough. There's gonna be signs of breakthrough. We're gonna look pregnant. We're gonna look pregnant. We're gonna have to dress a little differently. We're gonna have to walk a little differently because God has given us something. We might not have it all yet, but God is giving us the signs that something has changed, something has shifted. And I'm gonna say this carefully 
because we're mostly adults in the room. So you're just gonna have to read into what I'm saying. Faith demanded that they start doing some things again that they might have stopped. Because it's like, it's like God saying, you see, I will do what I can do. But you're gonna have to do something. I ain't doing that for you. I've got one virgin birth planned and that's not yet. So if we're gonna see a miracle, that means some of us maybe are gonna have to start doing some things again that we ain't doing anymore because God will give you a breakthrough, but you've got to activate your faith. Turn to someone and say, activate your faith. You've got to do some things again. God gives the promise, but you still got to do what you can do. What do you need to start doing again to show you believe what God has said? It doesn't have to be that. But what do you have to start doing again to show you believe what what God has said about this time next year, about this time next year, about this time next year. We're coming back. We're coming back. About this time next year. I'm speaking it into you. I'm speaking it over you. I'm speaking it over you. I'm speaking it over your family. I'm speaking it over your finances. I'm speaking it over your health. I'm speaking it over everything to do with you, with your business, with your work, with your ministry. About this time next year, you are going to have a testimony of a breakthrough. And there's going to be evidence, evidence along the way that God is moving. This isn't gonna be that much of a surprise. We're gonna see it. It's gonna be clear. People are gonna notice that you're in a different place. You're in a new place. The old is gone. The new has come. You are carrying the fulfilment of a promise. Father, in the Name of Jesus, over every promise, over every prophecy, over everything that You mean, Lord God, over those long time held promises, over those things that we believe for for 30 years or more, in the Name of Jesus, I come and speak over the family of God. I come and speak over every individual. I come and speak over my own life and say in the Name of Jesus, about this time next year, we will be rejoicing over a breakthrough. The child will be born. The breakthrough will come and we will rejoice and we will sing and say, look what the Lord has done. The Lord has done great things for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And if you believe it, I want to hear a roar of faith in this place. In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.